Hello and welcome to another edition of Conversations of the Heart. Um, as always, it is your boy T Till. It's very, very, very special guest we have here in the building. Um, we have Coach Trish in the building. Um, appreciate you taking the time out to having this very much so loaded conversation. Uh, if you don't know, you're going to be very familiar with uh, Coach Trish by the end of this conversation. You know, she is a certified life coach. She is a domestic and uh, intimate partner abuse advocate and emotional healing coach. Um, she is an international selling author, empowerment speaker, intentional encourager. You know, so the lot, lots of titles, um, you know, very, very much so accomplished. Um, get social media in a stir with some of her uh, posts and things like that gone viral a couple of times, um, you know, so very, very appreciative to have you here um, with me uh, to have this particular conversation on relationships and, and men and women. And we're going to get into that good stuff. But before we do, um, if you just want to tell the people a little bit about yourself, how you got started, um, you know, as, as a life coach and also as a, a abuse advocate, um, and an intentional changer, uh, I mean, excuse me, intentional encourager, excuse me, um, and and really just let them know just how you got started and, and and where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on this early Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so in regards to being like a certified life coach, I found myself being a life coach without without even wanting to go that route. Like I would just make posts on social media or people would just tell me their business and they'd be like, Trish, you should be a life coach. And I'm like, mm, probably not. But the more I went on, the more I realized that's what I was doing anyway. So you don't have to be certified to be a life coach, but I felt better knowing that I could provide proof that I cared enough about it to go through the training to do it correctly. So that's how I got certified. And then in regards to being a domestic abuse or an intimate partner abuse advocate, I've been in abusive relationships. I've seen that growing up. I had one partner tell me that he thought about killing me. He would watch me walk in the house with my son and he thought about killing me and my son because he didn't want anybody else to have me. So wow. it was that. And then I, a few years ago, I was in a relationship and the guy, he was super... I met him at church. He called me queen. He said he loved me. He loved my kids. Like he was this amazing guy until I found out that he was a drunk. And so I told him, like, I don't drink personally, but when he would drink, it was a whole different side of him. So there will be times where I would literally be driving in the car and he would try and like touch my breasts or put his hand between my legs. And I'm like, no, stop. And he'll be like, well, we're in a relationship and we're getting married. So it's mine. And I would always be like, but that's not okay. So mm. it got to a point eventually where I did leave him. And one day he showed up at my house drunk and my kids were literally arriving back home. They'd gone with someone else and I did not want them to see him in that state. They'd never seen him drunk before. So I did not want them to see him like that. So I told him like, come on, get in my car. Let's go for a ride. And so when he got ready to get out, like everything changed. He just started beating me. He started choking me. I was trying to scream for help. He was shoving his hands down my throat all while he was yelling, stupid bitch, I'll kill you. And so I did call the police because it was so important for my kids to know like this is not okay because he sent me back home looking like that. 
before the stuff he would do, I could always hide that or cover it up. And I found out later, my kids knew more than I thought they'd known. So when I got out of that relationship, I decided I wasn't doing that again. So now I advocate for both men and women in abusive situations because I understand on those good days, they're good. And you're like, yeah, like I should stay with them. I love them. But on those bad days, they're mm -hmm. always going to outweigh the good days. So I just always, I try to be for people who I needed for myself when I was going through that situation. So wow. it's no judgment, no, none of whatever state you're in. I help find resources in that area because it's hard leaving an abusive relationship, especially when you have so much invested in that relationship. So that's how I became an advocate for that. And then the intentional encourager. So I like, I'm one of those people, I like to stay in the background. Like, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want any of that. So when I would go to church, like, they'd be like, Trish, we need you to be the greeter when they would come in and being the greeter at the <laughs> church I was going to, like, you got to hug everybody. And I do mm. not like being touched. Like, mm. I just, so people would be like, you give the best hugs. And I'm like, I don't know why, because I don't even want you to touch me. But I was obedient, like, in church. So uh. I realized there would be times where I would have a conversation with somebody and I would just be encouraging them, letting them know that. God has never have done anything concerning you. So this situation is not going to be any different. So I realized mm -hmm. I was encouraging people and I was doing it intentionally. It wasn't like we were having a conversation and they're like, you ended up encouraging me and like me being like, well, that wasn't my intent. We were just talking like, no, I intentionally encourage people because I know what it's like when you don't want to add to somebody else's already full plate. You don't know who you can vent to. You don't trust anybody. So anybody I speak to, I just try to provide some type of encouragement, even if it's just as simple as I really love your hoodie. You look so dope in that. Like you really mm -hmm. rocking. It's never like me flirting or anything like that. It's just right, because there have been so many days I've looked in the mirror and I'm like, God, I don't even know what you see in me. So I try to encourage other people because I know what that's like. So I do it intentionally. And then for my books, um, they are actually on Amazon. Um, one is called My Prayer for You Tonight. And that and it was in 2017. And I kept finding myself in this loop, not knowing what God needed or wanted for me. And I just felt stuck. But I felt like I was supposed to be doing something. So I fasted and I was like, God, you got to tell me what's going on spiritually because I don't know what to do. And God was right. like, OK, start a blog. So I started a blog and it took off. It had over 10,000 views within wow. the first six months. It was huge. I took it down because the site that I was using, like you would have to scroll all the way to the bottom to get to the newest post. <laughs> wow. So at the end of every blog, it would be a, my prayer for you tonight. And it would just be like four lines of a prayer. And so I decided to publish some of my blog and put it in a book. So that's mm -hmm. how for you tonight came about. And then I wrote a 21 day prayer journal for busy people called, Hey God, can we talk? Because I realized there would be some days I forgot to talk to God because my day started so early and I'm just go, 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 go. And then by the time I get to bed, it's like, okay, God, thank you for keeping me tonight or throughout the day. And then I'm asleep. So I made a prayer journal to, cause they say it takes 21 days to build a habit. So mm -hmm. yep. 21 days 
like you do this prayer journal and it just reminds you to get in the habit of just talking to God. And that's also on Amazon. Mm. Please um, definitely go out and check out those incredible books uh, on Amazon, please. And, and support this incredible um, young black queen. Uh, as she endeavors to to go out there and she champions to change to change lives and and really is an advocate to help people who have been abused yeah. um you know and um there is man, there could be somebody i you know I, i'll talk to you about this offline that i could connect you with also um she's a therapist and um also she's a survivor you know of sexual abuse and she has a lot of uh great great um resources and um i don't know maybe i could collab and do that do something uh, um yes. you know so gotta get this black black empowerment <laughs> movement um yeah. but you know, i talked about that offline so um so speaking of man you know um that that was loaded and you've been through a lot in your yeah. relationships you know um so what surprised me was after hearing your story all right offline and seeing some of your posts you know i call the spade a spade yeah we don't men don't really have a lot of advocates right mm -hmm. i think now we're starting to see men speak up about their stories right mm -hmm. about the things they go through in life in relationships and then as soon as we do you know we uh, uh, uh we get those uh well, well who well who gave them a microphone and this and that and that right or why do you say this and you know all types of things right um so even after all you've been through, um, you still advocate for men as well. Absolutely. Why? Because I'm still a woman who loves men. Like, I feel like mm. when I gave God my broken pieces, I'm like, okay, God, like you created me. So you know where these pieces go. You know which pieces need to be replaced. Mm. You my heart back together and when he did that it allowed me to look at things differently because it would have been so easy for me to be another bitter black woman for lack of better mm. word. i'm not going to do that like i would rather love a million different men and have my heart broken a million different times than to say that i'm giving up on love and i mm. understand because i'm healed there are a lot of men who are amazing men who put up with stuff from women, especially black women, because they don't want to walk out on us. They love black women and they're trying to give us a chance. Right. But you are like tearing them down, belittling them. And mm. then like I was having a conversation with my boo the other day and he was like, the same woman who will disrespect the black man will go into work and respect the white man, but come home and not do that for her significant other. And mm. that's huge. Like I agree. So, I feel like, as you stated, there are a lot of women empowerment. I can go on social media. I can find you hundreds in less than an hour. I'll be mm -hmm. lucky to find 50 in two hours for men. So mm -hmm. I feel like y'all do a good job advocating for yourselves, but it's totally different when a woman hears something from another woman. So I advocate for men because I want a healthy man. I'm raising sons. I want them to be healthy men. I have daughters. I want them to see what it's like to be loved by a healthy man. So if mm. I can, and at least one man is like, okay, like this sister gets it. So I'm going to continue being a good man. I don't know what I can and can't say, but I don't want it to be like a good man. It's like, okay, 
these fuck boys get better women than we get as good men. Like, no, mm. that comes across my post and he's like, damn, somebody really cares about us. I'm going to give it, give love another try. I'm going to remain a good guy. Then for me, it was worth it. Like I can't not advocate for men because I want a healthy man. I want a healthy relationship. Mm. And sometimes it's just knowing somebody's in your corner that pushes you to keep being that good person. No. I want to get this out of the way because upon saying this, um, now I want people, I want it to be clear. You advocate for women as well. Yeah. Um, and, and when, but when you talk like what you just talk like, the immediate response is, she's a pygmy. That is <gasps> almost the immediate response. Right? So I kind of want to clear this. I want to clear this up, right? Because I know that's, that might come, you know, I know that that might be a thing. I post a clip like this and people take the clip instead of watching the whole episode. Right. And then they're going to go, Oh, she's, she, she's a pick me. I hope you got picked. Right. I, so I, so, but I wanted to be clear on this end because she is an advocate for women, but she does take the time out to advocate for men too. So I just, I just wanted to put that out there before people go out there and get crazy and run and say ridiculous yeah. things. Thank you. And I advocate for women first. Mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm naturally going to be biased because I'm a woman, mm -hmm. but I love men too. So why can't I advocate for both? You know, when I first wanted to become a life coach and started to do things and, um, I spoke to somebody who was really, really popular in this industry and he was online and he was an influencer and he told me and it blew my mind, but he said, if you want to really get like wealthy, like rich, like, and you want your platform to blow, he said, don't talk to men, talk to women, tell them what they want to hear. And they will buy your books. They will come to your events. They will follow you on social media and repost all of your things. If you tell them what they want to hear all the time. And he yep. said, I'm telling you, that is right there. The thing that you need to do to get your platform to the next level. And I said, but the, I was like, but that's not really pushing the culture forward. I'm like, so as a man, I said, you don't you want me to, to talk down about men? You want me to talk at men at the expense of what? Like, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it made sense as far as business the business side of it right mm -hmm. because i see it every day like I, I i really see people and i see their their businesses and i see their pages blow right but they never do what you or i do where mm -hmm. we talk to both right they yeah. talk specifically to women at the expense of men mm -hmm. and i see how crazy like it was almost like a prophecy, right? Yeah. Like of of how all of these guys um are doing this. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, like that that was the blueprint if you really want to be successful. But for me, um, if it's not about pushing the culture forward on both ends, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a thing of we want to heal our homes. We want to have healthy homes. We want, 
you want all of, of those things, right? But you can't get that by just only talking to one party. Yeah. Because I advocate for women too. I advocate for women too. I love women, right? Yeah. Um, like I said, I came from a beautiful black woman, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a beautiful black girlfriend right now, right? Um, and I advocate for women. I have friends that are amazing at what they do. They're women, they're they're bossed up, you know, they're living their best life, like they're and they want love too, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when they call me for advice, I give it to them real and raw. I don't yeah. always tell them like you're right, bro. Like, yeah. like you're right, don't worry about it. He's all because that's not really doing. And by me being honest with them, they're like, Terrence, thank you for being honest with me. I'm tripping. Thank you for being honest with me. They're like, yeah. my my girlfriend's brother told me. You know, he he's always tripping and da, 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 da. he goes, yeah. I'm like, see, like, yeah. this is where we, the honest conversations come in. And that's what drew me to your platform was because I saw you advocating for women and I saw you advocating for men. And I was like, yeah. that's different and honest. Yeah. And that's the kind of people that I want to have on my show. So I, I just wanted to just put that out there and be clear about who you are, your character, because it gets yeah. crazy in the comments. People go, oh, she's a pick me. And I hate that yeah. subject. The pick me and the simps and all of this. Stuff. Like, it's just really annoying um, personally for me. But before anybody want to, you know, come on my platform and say certain things about you, I'm just going to let y'all know right now. That, that's not I, the case. It ain't that. Like, period. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So where do you see? So speaking of this, so where do you see, like, the biggest disconnect between men and women? Like, what is the what is the issue, right, from your lens? Because I see a lot of different things every day on social media and all the yeah. arguing and all the bickering and all of these things. And But we all want each other. We all, mm. we all want love. We all want, you know, someone to love. And, you know, and I, I see it in, in the comments. It's like, Lord, it's me again. Yeah. You know, Lord, it's me. What was Ciara's prayer? Right. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. I see all of these things, but then I also see that, oh, like like the turmoil in in the comments, right? You know, going from like I said, the Pikmies and the Sims, and then people just beefing online about just things 50, 50, 100, 100. Like there's like it seems to be a huge disconnect. So from your lens, right? Where do you where do you think the biggest disconnect is between men and women? Um, so I actually think there are two things that are huge. One is communication for sure, because both sides want to be heard, but not both sides are hearing the other. And then another one is a lack of accountability with women, because I feel like men have to take accountability for allowing women. I'm going to just say us because I used to be that kind of woman. So when mm. I say us, I just mean women overall. Okay. So I feel like Men have to accept accountability for what they've allowed us to do. Like mm. if we talk to you any kind of way or we treat you any kind of way, and y'all still come home to us. Y'all still let us do it. Like, and I do understand there are some men who will cheat, who will go out and have a whole other family instead of just leaving women. Okay. But Thanks. there are a lot of women who do things wrong and men won't call them out because they don't want to hear her mouth. Cause they don't want to be because they don't want to have to deal with her key in their car. They don't want to have to deal with all her emotions. Like, oh. no sis, I need you to take accountability for what you've done. You're not hearing that man when he's speaking to you. So mm. what you're doing is every time he speaks to you, all you're listening for is keywords to prove your point. 
keyword so you can go in on him. Like, no, absolutely not. That's not okay. So mm -hmm. I feel like the communication is a huge issue because women don't accept accountability. It's always you hurt me, you did this, you got me looking stupid, you played me like this, but it's never a, okay, I was wrong. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. Mm -hmm. What I said, I understand I can't take those words back. They hurt, but I'm sorry I came at you like that. I may have mm -hmm. meant what I said, but I could have said it differently because I care about you. Like, how dare mm -hmm. I speak to you like right. somebody I don't care about? How dare I disrespect you like that? So I feel like if women took more accountability for their actions and their mm -hmm. work, before placing the blame on men, I feel like that would help communication because women naturally, we want to communicate all the time. And sometimes men, y'all will withdraw because you're not being heard, because you don't trust us not to use it against you later. There are mm. a million reasons why y'all may not communicate, but I still feel like it starts with us. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I think you... You hit that. You hit it right there, because I think for me, I think with men, I think there's a lot of issues with ego, pride mm -hmm. and what and why we don't communicate. So it's, it, it, it may start, you know, with you guys. But for us, we, we really need to take it upon ourselves to really do the work mm -hmm. and to really heal from yeah. whatever traumas that we've had from our past. You know, or just getting out of the things that we were taught. Yeah. You know what I mean, because we were taught, you know, you don't, you don't need to communicate. You need need, need to put the money on the table and go ahead. Right. Um, we're living in different times. Mm -hmm. You know, women are making lots of money. They don't don't need you for your money, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like we need to be able to really accept that because sometimes, like, if you're not doing well, not. I won't say just not doing well, but if you're not making the kind of money that you want to make, a lot of men sabotage their relationships solely because of that. Why? It's because we also don't have a lot of other skills in our tool belt. It's mm -hmm. like, if, if we're not making the money, it's like, ah, I, I don't know what else I can pro provide. But if you listen to your woman, it's like, yo, I need emotional intelligence, bro. I need somebody to, somebody that can understand me, yeah. right? Somebody that I can lean on. I need that. And it's like, but you focused on your the, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. And, and, and that's important. Mm -hmm. don't, don't get me wrong. But if you're going through a season, if you have other tools in your tool belt, your girl's not going to leave you. Yeah. But it's you that feels in, inadequate. Yeah. Because you feel like you need to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're right. The second thing for me was also accountability. Women, a lot of times, don't take accountability. They don't mm -hmm. like to be wrong. It's like an it's like an allergic reaction, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? It, they don't like to be wrong at all, and that's problematic, right? Because you know what, men do shut down. You know, like you always told, you know, happy wife, happy life. Your wife is always right. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And men told me that. From, men have told me that from the beginning of time. But for me, I say happy spouse, happy house, man. Both yeah. of happy. Every, that whole house is gonna be happy. But just yeah. because you could, just because you happy. No mean I'm happy. Yeah. Right. But then what happens, like you just said, you're happy and then I'm miserable. But then I don't say anything. And I just say, man, I'm 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 not even gonna bother because I don't want to fight. I'm yeah. tired. I got yeah. enough I got enough to fight in this world. I, I come home every day. I don't want to fight with you. So I'm not even gonna talk about how I'm depressed. And then you know what happens? 
a lot of men's find, and this is the craziest thing. It's not the craziest thing, but it happens so much to where you see, you know, you might go to an, let's just say, uh, an adult esta- establishment. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you, and you'll see husbands, and men talking in a place where they're supposed to be dancing. Yeah, ain't no dancing going on. It's and spending safe. money to talk. Yeah, and you see the rings on the finger, and they're just sitting there talking, bro. And I'm like, you know, you know, and I'm I'm out of frequent those places when I was younger, younger. You know, back in the day. And and, and I would see these, and I would see these guys that were married at the time. And I'm like, they're spending money to talk. So I would pull some of the people that they would talk to. And I'd be like, I would just say, question. Did he just want to talk? I I, I don't need to know what I talked about, but but he just paid all his money to just talk. And, And they go, yeah. Yeah, like they just want somebody to talk to and hear their problems and and yeah he's married i'm like and i couldn't wrap my i couldn't wrap my head around that yeah right you know and i'm like that's something that i was like yo that is that's wild because one there's two problems with that one maybe you should be in a therapy session maybe yeah. therapist black people in therapy you know okay we're just getting hip to it but you should probably be talking to a therapist or getting your marriage or, or taking your wife to, to, to uh, um, family counseling. Right. Um, but then to the lengths that you have to go to, to be heard. Mm-hmm. It, it just blew my mind. Right. Um, and then being in relationships myself, I was like, Oh, I think I understand now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. As I got older, I was like, Oh, that's why the, I was like, Oh, so that's why they up in that. The club paying for conversation. Uh, so then I started to understand a lot more, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Yeah, um, you know, and it's hard for me because I am a communicator. I love to communicate. So when I don't get that back for me, sometimes it's like, "Man, I, I'm a communicator. I want to be heard." You know, just like you want to be heard. You know, but it's, I think it's also interesting, and you can let me know what you think about this. That a woman who's a communicator always seems to end up with a guy who's not. Right. And then a guy who's a communicator seems to do the same thing. He ends up with somebody who just doesn't communicate either. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and some of them in the, I know that are communicators. They say, like, man, I just wish my girl would talk and communicate with me. And I'm yeah. like, wow. It's amazing. I agree with that. So personally, I used to be like that. Like, I wouldn't communicate because I didn't want to rock the boat. Like, I didn't. I just walk on eggshells you do you mm-hmm. and i just hold it in i'll mm-hmm. talk to girl about it or mm-hmm. folks would be like go pray about it and sometimes you get tired of praying about it like <laughs> and i think don't pray i'm just saying that sometimes you just want to be able to talk to somebody that is going to literally talk back to you right now not mm-hmm. have to pray about it like and so i used to end up in those situations but after i healed i was like okay so now it's time for me to start picking different people. So before mm-hmm. I commit to anybody, we gonna have some conversations. Mm-hmm. Like my now, he's in Charlotte. I promise, we speak no less than two to three hours on the phone every single day. Mm-hmm. A few days, we speak over six hours. He gets off work at four thirty. The first thing he does is call me on his way home, and we talk. 
we never have any less than 60 seconds of silence on the phone because we just talk. But I've created a safe space for him because as a woman, I realized that's my role for him. I know that men, y'all carry a lot. So mm. he has to be able to come to me like, babe, okay, this is a lot. I need to sit the world down off of my shoulders for a minute and I need you to just be here. And we talk about everything and what he talks to me about I don't go telling my homegirl about it. I don't mm. later if we disagree about something, because even when we disagree, like we disagree and then we laugh like 10 minutes later. And I always yeah. said, like, I want to be with somebody that we can disagree, but we still going to be OK at the end of the night. And I never had that, but I mm. wanted. That. So now that I have that in him, it's like. I want to be a better woman every day. I wake up like I want to make his life easier because right. it gives me what I need from him, which is I need to know what's going on with you. And I understand he's not going to tell me everything. And mm -hmm. there's days where he's like, babe, I'm feeling A, B, C, D and E. And I'll be like, OK, do you want to talk about it? He'll say no, but we'll talk about it later. Right. So later I may bring it up and be like, baby, are you ready to talk about whatever it was? Either he'll talk about it then or he won't. And if he chooses not to talk about it, then I don't bring it up because I've brought it up twice now. And you told mm -hmm. me, but tell me when you're ready. If mm -hmm. I keep about it now, I'm nagging. I'm not willing to do that. Like mm -hmm. you're ready to talk to me about it. You will, because I understand yes. sometimes you are feeling a certain way. and You just don't know how to put it into words. So I yeah. give him that space. Like he's still a man. I know y'all still. Y'all won't ever be as emotional as women are. Y'all may right. not communicate a hundred percent, but the healthy men who have a safe space to communicate, they'll mm -hmm. communicate yeah. at least seven to ninety-eight percent. Some stuff you just need to talk to your boys about. Some mm -hmm. stuff you don't want to talk to anybody about. You may need to go work on the car and just think it out. Mm -hmm. But as long as you know I'm here and I'm not gonna use it against you tomorrow if we get into a heated debate. That's what's important to me. So, yeah, I do feel like sometimes the communicator ends up with a non-communicator. But I do believe if you take the time to get to know the person before you commit to them, yes. you can save yourself a little frustration down the line. 100%. You are 100% um, right about that. Now, question. Now, are you in a long-distance relationship? Is this a long-distance yeah. relationship? Yeah. Uh, you know, I knew we, I knew we, I knew we clicked a lot because <laughs> we, because you know, for a long, you know, for a while now, I've been in a long distance relationship, and okay. my girlfriend is clear across the country. Yeah, um, it's like an East Coast West Coast thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, to where you know, finally, in a you know, maybe a month and a half, we'll be in the same, finally in the same place. You know, um, right? But the one thing that you said was that is rings true our communication is 101,000 percent it's different right and some people can't do the long distance thing so it's not for everybody but what i have learned in this is you have we had to rely on a level of communication that i never really had to rely on before yeah. right and i love to, to talk i can talk your ear off yeah. Right? And, you know, but when you're already in that place with someone physically, it's like sometimes you don't really have to do it. Like you don't you should do it. 
But mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times it's like, oh, we're on dates, we're having fun, or, you know, we're going to music or parties or whatever it is your your things are, and it's like you may not like communicate as much. It may just be like, yo, meet meet me so and so, or I'll come pick you up, and then click. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we had to talk. Well, when we first met, we had to talk yeah. and talk and mm-hmm. talk because that's all that we could do. Yeah. You know, um, but that level of communication, what I found was very mentally stimulating, mm-hmm. number one. And it was very different. And we were able to get out a lot of things quickly, you know, yeah. that I find that when you're in, of a, like, or when you have or, or in the same city uh, with that person, sometimes can get lost in translation or it might come out already after you've already been in a relationship like you because you know it's yo everything is going good like the dates are fun like everything is rolling everything is smooth and y'all happy and y'all in that stage it's like you know a few months later you're like wait a minute i didn't know that (laughs) and it's like oh man you know versus you know with when you're in a long distance relationship um that communication has to be stellar yeah um if it's not that's a problem because that person is wherever they are and you are wherever you are. So a lot of things can happen between those lines. And I understand it, that that's what people are saying. Yeah. Well, this person could, could be doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? I've been in relationships where, you know, dating a girl that was 15 minutes away from me, 10 minutes away from me. And she was doing X, Y, Z. Absolutely. So it don't matter to me at that point. Right. You know, as you get older, it's just certain things that just, it don't matter. Right. But you're absolutely right. Though, that com- the, the level of communication that we have in our relationship right now is so strong and mm-hmm. it's both of us right mm-hmm. and now i have a communicator that's just like me if not mm-hmm. more maybe even more of a communicator than me right um you know in in certain aspects um so communication is so important and i think like you said if you really ask those those questions and some of them might be awkward or, or tough you know um but if you just really just get certain things out there, you'll find out a lot about the person. Yeah, you will. And you could be like, mm, no, nah, it's not for me. Or, you know, you might find out, man, this is for me. Yeah. Right? Um, Because I, I think that when you are in that same place with the person, you get infatuated real fast. It's yeah. like drug, like, you know, person <laughs> yeah. looking good. You know, y'all just always having fun. And that's what takes over. Mm-hmm. And then you end up a few months later with a problem, big yeah. problem. I know, I know she talked to me like that. I didn't know he could talk to me like that, man. Well, I didn't know, like, well, man, like, and then you know, and then by, by, but by then you're in a relationship. You already told all your friends, and yeah. it's like now you feel like you stuck, and you're like, oh man, like I gotta see if I can work this out. You know what I mean? But it's, mm-hmm. but at that point, you know. You know, promises are made and you guys are trying to build the future, but then it's really not what you needed. Yeah. Right. But sometimes I feel like relationships could be like just an, an addiction, like where people just, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, ah, oh, like I need that. Like, you know, I want that. I need her or I need him. Like, oh, girl, like, like this is my, you know, where, where every next boyfriend is your husband. Yeah. Oh. oh. Right. And it's just like, wait, wait, but you don't know, you know, some of his yeah. stuff. You don't know his past. You don't know. You don't know some of his his, his stuff. Some of the stuff that he has going on. You know. So, um, so it's just amazing how what communication can do. Mm-hmm. 
It's just it's just amazing. And once you heal, like you said, I feel like people can do a long distance relationship. Heck yeah. But I feel like when people have not healed, uh, dog, that's not for me, man, because she could be over here or, or, or he could be over here. You know, I, I got to see my person. I got to be able to drive over there. And then I'm like, yeah, man, like, you don't got to do all that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, but I found like with me with going through my, my healing journey, you know, seeking therapy and um, counseling and doing certain things, even for me, healing from the wounds I, I, I've had, you know, when it comes to relationships and non-relationships. I'm mm-hmm. um, just life. <laughs> you know, I found that, you know, at this stage in my life, I, you know, doing a long distance relationship was perfectly okay. And I was secure. And people were like, man, you know, wow, that long of a distance? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And yeah. I've gotten to know the person that I'm with. And I trust this person more than I would anybody that would be in my city. Yeah. Yeah, because you had that communication. That's like, even with my babe, he is a talker. So sometimes he's like, okay, babe, my bad. Like, I'm like, nah, I love hearing him talk though. Like mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. hearing him tell me about the stuff he knows. I love hearing him tell me about his day. I love just everything he says to me. I love it because I know what it's mm-hmm. like to have that. So it's huge to me that he trusts me with his secrets. He trusts me with his heart. He trusts me with mm-hmm. his words because it's a lot of times where you can say something and people will flip it. And then that's an argument. Cause it's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. Mm. So if he says something, I'd be like, wait, babe, can you reword that for me or break that down for me? Because I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. And mm. for him, that's huge because he's not been in relationships with women who were committed to understanding him. <laughs> understanding for me is huge because I can be a little weird sometimes. And I need to know that, <laughs> You're committed to understanding me like I am to you, like that mm. matters me. And it's because I love you, of course I want to understand you. Because I love you, of course, like anytime a man slides in my DM, the first thing I do is take a screenshot and I send it to him. Mm. If somebody sent me a text from my past, uh, I think last week or a week before, I got this long text from this guy mm. that I was dating a while ago. I took a screenshot and I send it to him. And our thing is like, I don't have to tell you any of this. You would never know if I didn't bring it to your attention. Mm. But I need you to know you can trust me. I need you to know you can trust me because we're so far away. And even when we get together, I need you to know you can still trust me even when we're living under the same roof. That mm. is huge to me because mm. both of us also value loyalty. So mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. loyal to you because I can trust you. So I think a lot of people, if they would really understand what healing will do for you when it comes mm. to dating, I think they mm. would be more committed to doing it. But right. healing is hard, man. Like uh, it's, work. it's work. You just wake up one day and you be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to heal today. Like, yeah, it may start out like that, but you got to be committed to healing even when you're remembering the stuff that somebody did to you. Twelve relationships. Ooh, talk that talk. I know a lot of serial daters and I did not like I've done dating apps. I even did Facebook dating. So like Mm. I don't let my children meet men. I can count on one hand how many men my children have met. And my oldest daughter will be 18 this year. Like I don't play that. So Mm -hmm. if 
like I'm doing a dating app or somebody, I may be talking on the phone. Now, my kids don't believe in personal space, especially not my teenage. <laughs> so my oldest daughter, she'll walk in the room and she'll be like, who are you talking to? And I'll mm. be like, a friend or don't worry about it. And mm -hmm. she'll be like, she asked me, actually, she said, mom, are you a player? I said, Mar, you know the female version of a player is a hoe, right? Like, you calling your mama a hoe? And she, like, we joke like that. And she was right. like, no, because you be talking to different guys. And so I had to explain to her because she'd never seen me do that before. Right. When you're dating, you talk to different people to find out who is worth your time to find out because mm -hmm. I do intentionally. So we're going to have some conversations on the phone before we're going to go on right. a date. I don't want to waste either of our time. So I understood that serial dating can be an issue. Like, mm -hmm. and I didn't. Mm -hmm. that. So there was a lady in her fifties who told me the best way to get over an ex is to get under the next. And so I'm like, I don't want to be in my fifties, sixties and seventies still going relationship to relationship to relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I can't be by myself. And you mm -hmm. touched on briefly, like, nobody wants to be alone for the most part. But if mm -hmm. you're dating all these people back to back, at what point do you heal? Because now you're taking baggage, the baggage, the baggage. Right. And that's how you end up with so many broken people who won't heal because they're afraid of the pain. Mm. I like nobody wants to hurt nobody wants to replay those painful situations but mm -hmm. i feel like in the black community we sweep so much under the rug and there is a lot of what goes on in my house stays in my house and Ooh, you up that. that mentality so now you're afraid to go to therapy because it's nobody's business what you dealt with or i don't want to go to therapy because what they gonna do for me i'm just gonna talk Okay, you just talking to your homegirls or your boys, and they don't have the tools to help mm. you choose better going forward. Mm. They're either going to be on your side or they may call you out because I have some friends mm -hmm. that are like, nah, Trisha, you tripping. Like, absolutely yeah. not. And I appreciate that. But they're not professionals to give me the tools mm -hmm. to make sure I'm doing better. They can tell me from their experience, sure, but they can't help me two relationships down the line if it comes to that. Mm -hmm. with tools that will help me choose better than I've chosen in the past. Correct. And you said a lot there because, man, if you can go back on a lot of my places that I've, that I've made talks or speeches on and talks and people interviewed me, I say what you just said all the time. Yeah. That what happens in this house stays in this house. Yeah. That thing is a plague. Mm -hmm. It's a plague. It's and it's plagued our community for so many years. Mm -hmm. Right. And I always say a lot of old school, but not everything from the old school is good. You're right. Like, I love it. You know, I honor it. I honor, you know, parents, I've honored my grand, you know, grandparents, yeah. whatever the case is, I honor the old school and what they and how they paved the way. So I always mm -hmm. want to make that clear. Some of the stuff that comes from, from, from that has not been healthy. Yeah. And a lot of these relationships advice that you take from the, the old is, I mean, it's okay. But mm -hmm. some of them stayed with people just because yeah. everything was love. Yeah. Let's get that out the way. Some of some some of them been together 40, 50 years and everybody's celebrating, hooting and hollering, and they and, and they sleeping in separate beds. Yep. 
they stay for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Times are very different. Um, but I also want to go back to something you said because people will get this misconstrued. And I want to make sure that you and your new, I mean, I'm not new, but you you and your man is in the clear. Yeah. Because I, I hear things and I, and I can hear the responses from yeah. women or people in general. So when you said that when people slide in your DM, you you take a screenshot and send it, send it to your man, right? Heck yeah. Now, some women or some people will say, doing too much. All you had to do was just let him know or not even let him know or just, or just ignore it. You know, is he controlling? Not control- People will say these things. So I want to be clear and say, yo, that's not what it is. Because you know how it happens on social media. You know yeah. what happens. Yeah, I do. Nah, at all. He doesn't even ask me for that. And like I said, he would never know if I didn't show it to him. Right. But him to know he can trust me a hundred percent. I never want to open the door or crack the door or anything for to leave any doubt because there. Okay, so there was one guy, for example. He used to hop in my DMs all the time and I would be like, I'm not interested. He would start commenting under my post because I was not interested. So when I told my babe about it, I was like, babe, look at this. And I sent him the screenshot from my DMs. And then like sometimes my posts have so many comments, like mm-hmm. he doesn't pay attention to that. Like, so if somebody says yeah. that, I'd, I'd be like, babe, like, what should I say? Because I'm direct. And when I say something, I don't necessarily care about your feelings. And that's not me trying to be an ass or be a jerk. It just is what it is. Like I'm a mm-hmm. t- I'm sugarcoating anything. And I think that's a problem is we dance around what we want to say. Like, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. So I'll send it to him like, okay, babe, this is what I want to say. And sometimes he'll be like, no, babe, you don't have to say all that. Just say A, B, C, D, and E. He's my best friend. So I share, oh. I send those screenshots to him because he's my best friend. There is nothing I don't tell him. If we're in the same house and I get a mm-hmm. message, I'm going to be like, babe, check that for me. So me sending him a screenshot is no different than me saying, babe, what's that message set? Or mm-hmm. me telling my homegirls, because I'll send a screenshot to my homegirls. Like, girl, look at this. What's <laughs> the me sending it to her and him outside of him being my man? Like, mm-hmm. My best friend, there is nothing I don't tell him, like at mm-hmm. all, unless it's something confidential that I'm dealing with with a client, like that's different. But right outside of that, if it comes to Trish, it goes to him, right? And that's where I want people to be clear because people will hear that and be like, Oh, yeah. like you didn't say things, and I because you know, yeah. I, I've, I've it's not the first time I've heard that, and I went on under. I saw all the comments about yeah. which something that exactly almost <laughs> what you just said. Oh, he he must be controlling. So I want to make clear my man is not controlling. At you know all. what I'm saying? It's just sometimes it could just be what healthy relationships looking like. Yeah. And as you know an actor, I'm not about to date a controlling man anyway, because I know where that control leads. Like, exactly. no, if your man is, I mean, stuff, different stuff works for different people. Yes. All I know is my best friend, she knows everything about me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be the first person I call if something happens. My man should be my best friend before anybody. And because he is, they look at this. And a lot of times mm-hmm. we laugh about it. We joke about it because he'll be like, everybody want a piece of Miss Trish. Or like when the old <laughs> head pop in my head. 
like, hey, Miss Lady. So we mm-hmm. joke about like, hey, Miss Lady. And then we have a different kind of relationship than either of us have ever had before. So mm, beautiful. he has a lot of women who be at him. So every once in a while, I'll send him a text because he is a self-motivation coach. So he mm. gets my clients and I'll send him a text like, Hey, self-motivation coach. I got your number from a friend. I'm just wondering what's up. Like, <laughs> we joke like that all the Keep time. Keep it spicy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, all I'm saying is he's he's not controlling, but he's my best friend. So I love it. I'm I love coach. it. I love all of it. Um, So when it comes to accountability for men and women, um, mm-hmm. do you think a lot of it is a lack of self-awareness about yourself? Yes, I think it's a lack of self-awareness. And I think sometimes um, people view themselves differently than they should. Like we have a video that I'm going to post about. I know this is going to ruffle some feathers. Like Uh (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. You sis, you might be single because you're not the woman you think you are. Like so many women feel like they deserve a six figure man and he's got to cater to me. He got to suck my toes. He got to do my laundry. But what are you doing? Like you're not even willing to bring chairs to the table. You expect to eat at that he built. Like, mm. yeah, I do believe it's absolutely a lack of self-awareness because you are, you don't even know who you are. You think you're one person, but you're not that person. Like, I think it's a lack of self-awareness and sometimes people just their ego like allows them to think that they deserve more than they do or to think that they're better than they are. And it's Mm -hmm. not to say people can't change. It's not Mm -hmm. to say that people don't deserve good, significant others. It's just to say, if you ain't put the work in, you can't be requesting all that. Mm. And man, you just spitting, man. That was a bar. Um, because I've always said like one, people always will think highly of themselves and and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if somebody it's like, if, if one of my friends, he's one of my friends and it's like, yo T like look that up or whatever. The one thing I'm going to always say is look, they're a great friend to me, a great friend to me. Right. But don't know how they truly are in relationships. Mm-hmm. So do with that what you will. They could be an amazing person and be in a relationship, or they could be an amazing friend, honestly, and not really be great at a romantic relationship. Yeah. Some people struggle in different areas. They could be your, your yo, he or she down for me. That's my best friend. Like, and they could be that person. But then in relationships, they a different person. They don't know how to deal with emotions. They don't know how to deal with just communicate. So not everybody is who you think they are when it comes to relationships. And that's why it's like we kind of in, kind of give our people like on the pedestal, like, yo, nah, my, oh, I know he would be this and I know he would be that or I know. They, and it's like, nah, you, nah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You really don't know. Like, you know, the, the friend part. Right. And I, oh, my homegirls do all, all the time with their girlfriends. Oh, I know she good. Oh, no, nah, she my best. She good. Yeah. And it's like, 
don't know a woman can be a terrorist in a, a relationship and just because yeah. she's yo yo ride or die you know what i'm saying which is great for yeah. you as a friend but it don't mean that this person is great in relationships and i say that yeah. for both men and women mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like you're absolutely right some people aren't who they think they are mm-hmm. and on both sides, you know, and it's just every, everybody thinks like, yo, like I am this amazing catch and I don't need to do any work. Um, But it's always work because if you have to put in relationships, it's always work. You're mm-hmm. working on a relationship. You're, you're honing your skills in, in your relationship. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's hard work, but it's work. Right. Yeah. So what does that mean for yourself? You've got to work on yourself. Just like you're working on the relationship, right? And so some people always feel like, oh, like I don't really need to do work. I'm I'm great. And some people and some people feel like their accolades make them good partners. Mm. Right? Like, oh, I make six figures, seven figures, you know, I'm I got money cause, you know, or whatever it is, I got degrees, you know, and it's like that's personal accolades and those things should be respected and honored for yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's great. But, but when it comes to people, do you know how to treat your significant other? Do you know how to talk to your significant other? I know a lot of people that make a lot of money that are not good people. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't know how Mm -hmm. to treat people. They know how to talk to you. They'll talk to you crazy. Yeah. They're aggressive with you. Yeah. Right. Um, and then people with degrees, sometimes people with degrees is like, that's just, so I need, you mm-hmm. know, and it's nothing wrong with having degrees. Those, those, and those are all great things to have. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the relationship piece, how are you, do you have emotional intelligence? Cause you can't go back to your textbook. You can't go back to your master's degree. Right. And say, <laughs> okay, well, let me see what it is. Emotional intelligence. No, <laughs> it, it's not there. Do you have it? Yeah. And if you don't have it, how do you get it? Yeah. Right? Because it, people don't understand emotional intelligence. It's something that, to me, personally, in a relationship, is priceless. Mm-hmm. Can't put a price tag on that. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many degrees you got, how many cars you have. Emotional intelligence plays such a vital role in life. It because does. people go through a lot of things in life. Um, tragedies. Just things that are just downright just hard to get through mm-hmm. and they need that safe space like you said like i'm in a relationship now that i've never had a safe space like i've never had a safe space until i got into this relationship mm-hmm. i always provided one mm-hmm. i never got it yeah so, so this is a first for me be- and i and you know everybody goes through something goes through a lot of just different things in life mm-hmm. and i can tell you just how you know that it's a priceless feeling when you have that. It because is. Life gets disgusting. Yeah. It gets hard. People now, people, hundreds of thousands of people have gotten laid off their jobs in corporate America. Hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands. You see layoffs every day. Meta just laid off another 10,000 people, I think, on Friday or Thursday of last week, right? These are real life situations. People have children, people have, you know, families, husbands, wives, and they're getting laid off left and right. Mm-hmm. Not getting hired. Like that's traumatic. You know, we just went through a whole pandemic. That's tra- that's trauma. 
Yeah. Right? We see our own people getting shot in the street. That's yeah. trauma. Right? So we got a lot of things that's going against this and that. And and we under our comments are arguing about 100, 150, 50. Lack of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Or this imaginary table. What you bring to the table? Yeah. It's imaginary. I don't know. Right? Um. So it's just like we're all going through a lot of just different things in life, you know, and it's just to have that emotional intelligence that co- to go home or to call somebody and be like, yo, I trust you enough to sit with this. Yeah. The ugly, the yeah. ugliness. It's easy to sit with pretty. Mm-hmm. When you're going on dates, Google Gaga, like the talk, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's beautiful to go. I mean, I, and, I, and, and that's a part of it. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna keep that same energy when it gets ugly. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to do, you know. And for us, it's like we don't want to bleed on our partners. We don't always want to emotionally dump on somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to check to see if they have the capacity to do so. Right. Because honestly, yeah. that's another thing people don't talk about. Yeah, capacity. I, heck yeah. Right. Do I have the capacity to be in a relationship? Do I, I know I want one. Do I have the capacity to maintain it, to keep mm-hmm. it? That part. Right? People want a million dollars, but do you, but do you have the mindset to keep it? Do, I, do, do you have the capacity to deal with the things that come with being a, a millionaire? Yeah. Right? And this is, it might be unpopular. A lot of people want, a lot of people want children. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. I get it. <laughs> you have the capacity to deal with this. Yeah. This beautiful human being that it is a lot of responsibility yeah right do you have that capacity i know everybody wants it do you have the capacity to to deal with it in your current circumstance right in your current circumstance do you have that capacity to say hey i can handle this mm-hmm. right look at your because you got to look at yourself the problem is when you don't when you look at capacity we don't like to admit that we can't handle things Mm-hmm. Right. And I knew I was honest with myself in my 20s. I said, I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. I know it. I know it. I said, I cannot. That I can't handle at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. Because then the child suffers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And people want to get married, have to you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to be a spouse. And right, a parent. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, I can only handle one. Now you're now you now you're just a parent neglecting your marriage, right? So it's just being honest about us, who we are. Do you have the capacity to be emotionally intelligent? Or do you just have too much going on? And these these are conversations that one, if you went to therapy, maybe you would have those answers. Absolutely. Right. If you were honestly, honestly open, honest with yourself, you might come up with those answers yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so earlier when we first started um this conversation, I know you went through a lot. Unfortunately, you unfortunately went through trauma and abuse mm-hmm. in relationships. Um how did you persevere through those things? Um, because look, there could be somebody watching right now, um, or that is going to watch this episode that has gone through abuse, 
Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to get out. Is there any tools that you could pro- provide or any advice? And I know everybody's situation is different. So I want to be clear about yeah. that, of course. But what you say as somebody who has survived certain things could help somebody's life and impact somebody's life in a very positive way. Um, is there any is is there any tips or um or something that you could say, you know, if somebody's listening out there that's going through an abusive situation, um, anything that you could say to that person of how they could get out, right? I know it's hard to get out of abusive situations, right? Because yeah. it's 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 mental, it's yeah. emotional and physical. Yeah. All wrapped into one. Right. Yeah. Um you, you know, is there anything that any kind of guidance or, you know, and we know that, you know, you're not, you know, licensed therapist. So we understand those things. But as somebody yeah. who has been or has gone through and you have persevered and you have come out on the other side of it, thank God, um, a better person, right? Um, a healthier person, ironically. Um, what would you say? So honestly, growing up, I was molested by my uncle. And when I finally, like there was, there were a few times that I'm pretty sure my mom knew what was going on. But I remember the day I told her, I remember like it happened two minutes ago. My uncle had done something to me and I ran down the stairs and I told my mom, her exact words were, it's your fault because you shouldn't have been in his room. So I had to carry that. Then my mom died when I was 10. She died when I was 10. Mm. Then my dad remarried less than a year later. My dad would take me with him to cheat on my mom. So growing up, I was carrying all this stuff, just carrying it. So when I got into abusive relationships, there was one relationship I was in and his mother told me, um, she saw me crying. She was like, don't worry. Eventually you just get used to it. And so like that stuff. So when I'm in these relationships, like I was in my thirties before I realized I had daddy issues. I didn't think I could have daddy issues because I knew who my father was. He was around. Daddy issues were for women who didn't know their dad and, stuff like that so I had to get to a place of okay all of this stuff happened to me I can't leave for my kids I have to leave for myself so Mm -hmm. though you have your kids you can think about how you leaving would benefit your kids but Mm -hmm. until you decide that you're ready to leave for you until you're tired gets tired you're not going to be ready to leave because if you do it for the kids then mm-hmm. on the nights where you're lonely or on the nights where you don't have the extra money that you had when you were with him, mm-hmm. you're going to back because you didn't leave for yourself. So the advice I have is a lot of times the abuse we accept is because of trauma we endured when we were younger that we didn't address. So mm-hmm. my advice is to do what you can to address the trauma. I know sometimes the abuse is so bad or the partner is so bad, you cannot go to therapy because they're not going to allow it. Mm. So for me, God is huge for me. So I had to develop a relationship with God on those nights where I'm crying myself to sleep, hoping nobody heard it or 
the days I would cry and then have to fix my face so my partner wouldn't know I was crying because that would be an issue. Mm. So the advice I have, one, is I understand everybody doesn't believe in God and I'm not pushing my beliefs off on you, but mm-hmm. I do recommend giving God a try because if you give God a try, sometimes that puts stuff into perspective. I always say sometimes your vision is the clearest when your eyes are the cloudiest. So mm. I'll go crying and it hurts like God knows it hurts because when y'all got together, this partner didn't start out as being abusive. You got to get to a place of, okay, today I'm going to leave regardless of how things turn around. Because when you leave, you may be broke. When you leave, you may be in a shelter. When Mm. you leave, I remember calling a shelter and they were like, I need you to understand when you come here, nobody can know where you are. Mm. So understand that when you leave, there is going to be a period of isolation, of feeling alone, of feeling lonely, of wondering if you made the right decision because Mm. now you have nobody. So just make Mm. the decision for you to decide that some people don't get out of these relationships. Like I used to watch Lifetime movies of these women being beaten Mm. and I'm screaming like, girl, if you don't just leave. Mm. I became the woman in the Lifetime movie. And so you got to understand, like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah, you're going to be frustrated. Yeah, people may not understand. Yeah, you may get to a place of, damn, I should have left two years ago. Okay. But Mm. you leave today. Like, Mm. so when you make that decision, you got to stand on it regardless of how hard it gets, regardless of how lonely it gets, regardless of how swollen your face becomes because your tears have become intimate partners with your face your cheek like Mm. you gotta go and i need you to know like stand on it Mm. it gets easier a little every day it's hard it's really hard it's really hard it's really hard it's really but it gets a little easier every day to understand that you left because your life literally depended on it Because when my ex tried to kill me, I didn't see that coming when he used to put his hands on me prior to that. I just felt like if I was a better partner, if I did my part a little better, then maybe he wouldn't be the way he was until the night he decided that if he couldn't have me, nobody could have me. So I just need you to know, like, you just got to go. You got to go. You got to go. I don't care if you have to tell absolutely nobody just remind yourself that sometimes people don't get the chance to go. They end up in a box. They end up with mm-hmm. their partner throwing acid in their faces. They end up with them trying to burn them and do all this crazy stuff. Like the best advice I can give is just to think about the person you want to be when mm-hmm. you're not this broken person that you are right now. Wow. Um, well said. Um, I appreciate all of one vulnerability um, and willingness to share your story. Uh, I mean, because I didn't know the other piece, you know, about your uncle and things like that. And um, yeah. that's very traumatic for a child, very traumatic for a child to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. And in not having the support, um, you know, of your mother, God, God rest her soul. Um, you know, that's that is another trauma. Um, mm-hmm. 
in and of itself, you know, to not have the support, right? Um, and it's funny because you went right into it, and I was going to ask this question um, because you're a very faithful person, and you have faith in God, and that's been your rock. And some people would say, "Man, you know, how did you, how did you have faith in God through all of this stuff? You know, like if God loves you, like you wouldn't have went through it." Like so much of it, well, so much of it, right? Um, because we all know, you know, as Christians, as I'm a Christian too, that you know that you will go through trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and things, and you know, but sometimes like when it's just thing after thing after thing, and it's and what you've endured is is nothing uh, short of of heavy, um, yeah, to say the very least, right? Um, so how did you, you know? And this and this could help somebody as well. How like how did you keep that faith? How did you keep that going? Because sometimes when things keep happening like this, this heavy, yeah. Sometimes, man, like you, you, it's like a fight. Like you just be get hit a few times, and you're like, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm woozy, I'm weak, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm fading yeah. in the fight. You know, what I'm saying I'm in the corner breathing heavy. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, how did you, you know, how did you have the ability to 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 say even in this, God, I trust you. So that was hard. Like I, when I, I grew up in church, man, like me too. Revival, we in church. If it's a shut in, we in church. Bible mm. study, we in church. Choir mm-hmm. rehearsal, we in church. Mm. And still got to get up at five the next morning to get to school. Like, mm-hmm. so when I was, I was like, all right, when I'm 18, like I'm done with God. I can't be mm-hmm. made to go to church. Like, mm-hmm. God, if I die and go to hell, then it is what it is because mm. I saw like my, I was surrounded by people who had all of these roles in church and who were connected by the pastor. We, they were worse than the sinners they be judging. So I was like, <laughs> I'd rather go to hell than to be associated with that. Or it was like, God, I don't even understand how. Okay, so there was one point when I was a teenager. And I decided I didn't want to deal with men. I was going to be a lesbian. Mm. And so when my stepmom and my dad found out, like, obviously how they looked to the church mattered. So they weren't having that. And the mm-hmm. pastor was like, God said, if you don't stop messing with women, you're going to die and go to hell with AIDS before he would allow you to dishonor your mom's name. And so like, Growing up in church, I believed that believing in God was fire insurance, basically. Like, believing in God meant I'm not going to hell. So, I might as well. But when I was 18, I was like, all this stuff I've endured, everything I'm going through, especially mm-hmm. with people in the church, like, mm-hmm. not nah, good on that. So, I ran from God for a long time. Mm-hmm. People still kept coming to me. Like, I like it. I like to say it's like Jonah in the Bible, how like he was running mm. from God and God mm. sent that big fish like one <laughs> way or the other. Like mm-hmm. when there's a calling on your life, you gonna run, but mm-hmm. you still end up doing what you're supposed to do. So eventually after I kept dealing with stuff, I'm like, okay, what's going to hurt going back to God? So I went back to God and I realized that God gives us free will. And although like he can protect you and he can cover you, if he gives us free will, I, I can't stop what you're going to do to me. But now I Mm. understand because of my relationship with God, that the stuff I went through, 
yes, it was painful. Yes, it was traumatic. But the amount of people I helped because of my transparency with my past, because of what I went through, I can be there for somebody in a way that I didn't have anybody else. So it was hard going back to God, but God's hands were the only ones big enough who could hold everything I was going through. God was the only one who understood the parts of me that I pushed down so deeply because I was tired of people hurting me. So mm. for me, it was easier to become cold. But I also realized that closure is a myth. A lot of people are like, I got to reach out to them because I need closure to move on. Like, yes. no, I had to learn to forgive the people who'd hurt me and give them to God, too. So I'm never going to say it's easy because I always say, though, Blood is free because I believe in like the blood of Jesus. So the mm -hmm. blood is free, but the walk is going to cost you. So when you're with God, like it does not mean you're going to be problem free. Everything is going to be smooth sailing. No, it just means I have somebody bigger than myself to take my problems to. So it's hard sometimes living for God, especially when I want to spaz out and let people know like, <laughs> yeah, you got to write what you take. And I feel like that so many times on those Ooh comments, posts, I'd be like, mm -hmm. okay. okay, like mm -hmm. last somebody came at me and that day it was like, I heard God clear as day say, don't respond. But I was like, nah, I'm tired of this. I let her have it. And after I let her have it, like, I'm not going to lie. A piece of me felt good. But another part was like, all that growth you've gone through now, you right. got to Right. So, like living for God is not easy, especially right. when you're going through stuff, especially when you've experienced trauma, mm. especially when you're mm. trying to heal. That's the hardest time to walk with God. Mm. But mm. Worth it because I understand there is still a protection on my life with God that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't walking with him. So it's not easy, but for mm. me, makes sense to walk with God because I mean what's the worst that I can lose by walking mm -hmm. with like nothing. and I'm glad that and I'm glad that you said that because one sometimes people feel like especially in the Christian world some people feel like walking with God is like a straight line in a sense of like you don't stray. You don't get mad at God. You don't you don't do none of that. Like everything is like if you don't do this then if it's not like this then you go going to like you know like and it's like, it's yeah. not real. Like when you go through real trauma and real things in life, sometimes you stray. Sometimes you get mad at God. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, and, and that's a fact. Yeah. And despite what people might say to try to shame you about that, that's real because yeah. it's raw emotions. Like it's a relationship. So if you want to have a, a relationship with God, it's like, you know, tell me you can't get mad at God. It's false. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if, if you're in a relationship with your man, or you, or it could be your friend. You never got mad with your friends. You never yeah. got mad with your spouse, and you yeah. love your spouse, and you love your friends, and even yeah. your family, right? You know, some you've never gotten into anything. You you've never said, "Man, I ain't talking to him for like thirty days or sixty days." And guess what? You spin the block, and next thing you know, two <laughs> two months later, you right back with him, right? You know what I mean? Like it's just sometimes the nature of relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, and that, you know, once you you you've walked with God and you know, you don't stray too far. Mm -hmm. 
but there are ups and downs in any relationship. And I believe including, in, including God, you know, some people straight away for 10 years, yeah. next thing, you know, come back, they pastors and or deaconesses or prophetesses or whatever it is they are, yeah. you know, they, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they find their way back. You know, they say when you raise your, you know, raise your kid up as a child and, you know, and train them up. Right. Yeah. It's like they never stray. Right. Yeah. And I grew up just like you in a and I said, in every type of service you could possibly think mm -hmm. of, and still have to go to school early yeah. Monday morning, mm -hmm. right? You know, so I definitely appreciate all of the transparency that you've provided during this conversation, of course. Yeah. I will, and I would love to have a, a part two, um, because I think people will be blessed um, by by this, um, and yeah. people can relate to it. Um, and that's why I built this platform is that to, to hear voices like yourself um to share the story to have conversation honest and open conversation rather yeah. unscripted conversations yeah. about about life and about what we what we go through you know and as especially as black and brown people right yeah. and how do we heal our relationships you know how do we move forward um and you are someone who has absolutely you know you've moved forward you have persevered you have gone through um, a lot and you've come out on the other side, a healed person. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I just want to say I salute you um, for all the work that you've done and all the work that, that you are doing, yeah, um, helping a lot of people. And please, again, you actually set a bar and I wanted to point it out. You said on the bar, it, it, it was, um, I believe you said about, being clear you said you are your most clear i think when your eyes are cloudy yeah your vision is your clear. vision is clear yeah oh yes yeah that was a bar i just wanted to like like that one popped out at me and i was like oh that was a bar but the conversation was flowing so <laughs> i didn't stop to say it yeah. that right there was a bar and i hope people can appreciate that um because it has a, a lot of significance to it um yeah. So one final time, please, please tell the people where they can pick up your books and tell them how they can contact you to book your services. Please book her services, buy her books, please. Um, she is amazing. As you can see, she took has taken the time out here to really share her story, um, dropped some jams, bars, you know, and gave out some great <laughs> advice. Um, and we appreciate that here on Conversations of the Heart. But, but please um, let people know where they can find you. Give them your social media platforms um, yeah. and, and where they can get your books. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say one thing first? Absolutely. So, I know you said like you view like God, the relationship with God kind of like a relationship. I think another way to look at it is like God is a parent. So mm -hmm. as a parent, like, you know, your kids sometimes are going to do their own things. So God is a parent too. Like he understands that sometimes we're going to do our own things, but He's not going to love you any less. So to anybody out there who is like, it's been a minute since I've talked to God, like mm. he's not going to want to hear from me or I messed up last night. Like, no, absolutely not. When Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, God still went looking for them. Like God is going to love you regardless. So do not listen to those people or the devil or however you want to see it when they're like, God is mad at you. You can't talk to him or God is not going to want to deal with you or like none of that i want you to know 
that God is still going to love you anyway. God still wants to hear from you. God still longs to have a relationship with you because, and do not listen to those people who say, don't question God, because I, like I tell God all the time, I'm never going to ask you why not me. I know a lot of deep Christians who be like, don't ask God why me asking why not me? No, mm. I'm never going to ask that because I don't want to go through the stuff that I've gone through. I understand that the stuff I go through helps other people. And so I can help them from a place of experience as opposed mm. to than I've heard about. So if you want a relationship with God and it's been a minute, like just talk to him. You don't have to be super deep and spiritual. Like, Oh, heavenly father. Like, no, mm. I have conversations with God. Like I talk to regular people, like God is me. When somebody does something to me, I'll be like, God, you know me and you know like <laughs> I wanted to let them have it so when I get to heaven I need you to honor that because like <laughs> talk to God like who you are because mm -hmm. right. you know who you are go to him not as an imposter just don't worry about them people who say don't ask God questions you can be mad at God because there are so many times where I'm like God I'm so mad at you God I don't understand why you mm. would allow me to happen or God, that was messed up that you really let that happen to me. Then mm. be open to his response because he going to respond. So I just want to put that out there. Um, yes. But, Appreciate that one. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I can be found on TikTok and Instagram under life coach, Latricia Renee. And that's L A T R I S H A. R-H-N-E-E -E, and on Facebook under Life Coach Trish um, or you can send me an email Miss um, Trish Renee at Gmail. Um, my books are on Amazon and again it's called My Prayer for You Tonight and Hey God Can We Talk which is a prayer journal a 21 day prayer journal for busy people is what it says. Um, or you can order a book from me directly. If it comes from me directly, I do include additional um, knickknacks. That's what the old people used to say, but I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, just some encouragement. I send additional things like that. And what else did you want me to say? Uh, no, um, no. I just want you to just plug, <laughs> just plug your uh, stuff, plug your merchandise, and where people can find you and book your services. Yeah, uh, you know. if you send me a DM, you send me a message, I do respond. Don't forget, if you come at me anyway, other than unprofessional, I'm going to send it to my baby. So <laughs> 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 keep that in mind. But keep yeah, it tight. Super keep tight. Be respectful. I love laugh. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to, if you do hit me up, at least be courteous enough to say, hey, before you go into whatever it is you want. But mm -hmm. I'm super. I love to laugh. I'm sure you can find my videos on social media somewhere. Feel free to comment. I do try to comment back to absolutely everybody. Just watch how you come at me because some days I'm Peter and some days I'm still trying to be like Jesus. So <laughs> <laughs> that is dope. Um, definitely. Please come at her correctly, please. Please. Yes. You know what I'm saying? She's, Try Jesus, not her. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. definitely appreciate you. Um, you know, this will be out on all audio podcast platforms, YouTube. Uh, there will be clips on TikTok and IG. Um, follow me at T Tell Inspires on Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok, 
Twitter. I'm all <laughs> over the place. Cop the merch too. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, yo, it's your boy Tito. See you next episode. Appreciate you, Coach Trish. Thank you. Thank you.